Hmm. Yeah, I can. What would you like it changed to? Just Pao, you know, people work hard for the doctor title. I don't want to just, you know. Just Pao? <laughs> but yes, I'll be your doctor, Phil, for tonight. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Let's, let me see. What are we doing? Hey, guys, well, welcome to, uh, I guess, our first Narnia of the, the year. I mean, obviously, we caught up last week, but... Um, our first session. So let me just get our slides up. Can you guys see the slides? Give me a thumbs up. It's always, um, even though we're like in our third year of uh, learning to Zoom, I am sure that some of us still forget daily about um, turning our mics on mute or off mute um, and everything. But um, just want to welcome you guys to Narnia. Um, we have a few new faces tonight. So uh, we're just going to go through a little briefing, little just welcome to what Narnia is. Um, you know, so first of all, uh, we're a community that meets weekly and we just like to talk about stuff. So for us, conversations are just a catalyst for us to talk about philosophy, spirituality, culture, social issues. And we really want to make this like a, a safe space for what people are thinking. So it doesn't matter whether you have a different worldview or understanding of a topic. Uh, we want to have a diverse sound, right, in terms of, you know, different perspectives and backgrounds of just to understand where everyone's at. Um, so the format is really simple. We have a topic, a which is just basically, as I said, a conversation starter. And what's really important for us is the discussions. So whether, um, you know, so feel free to either use the chat group. I love to, to blow up the chat group um, on the conversations where there's something you hear or something you want to dive uh, deeper into. Um, otherwise, we, we do have spaces for you guys to ask questions. So if you do have any burning questions, maybe type it in the group chat first, and then we can um, help moderate and select some of the questions as we go along. But um, let me see what's next. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of background about Narnia, um, besides, uh, you know, what we do of gathering on a Thursday night, it, it really has been built upon a community of just lots of different events from, you know, you've heard about technique, which is a, a workout that some of us do. Um, you've heard about basketball groups. There's art jamming, karaoke. We have a, a Bible study um, called Deeper, which meets on Saturday mornings. Uh, we have prayer sessions, uh, which will probably be starting up again. So if you, you're interested in finding more about any of these things, feel free to reach out to, to me, Pal, Pearl, Kaylor, um, or anyone in this group. Everyone kind of knows everything. And we'll be looking at doing something called Alpha, which, you know, some of you guys may have heard of, um, you know, which was basically what, you know, this brought Narnia together. But it'd be something that we'd be looking at uh, later this year. So just a little bit of an idea about what Narnia is about. We're so glad that you're here and I'm going to pass this time to Pau. All right. Hello, okay My name is Pau. I'm one of the leaders and I just want to welcome you if it's your first time here. And yeah, officially, the last week I think was more an announcement than a topic, but officially this is the first topic of Narnia and it's really exciting because it's going to be a great topic to start with. For starters, um, the reason why it's a great topic is because we found out when we were looking at the profile of the people coming to Narnia that actually a good chunk of us are actually leaders in the tech space. Um, yes, okay. Oh, oh sorry. 
Yeah, so, you know, we have people, uh, you know, we have a director of Meta in the group. We have a couple of leaders in Salesforce. Um, we have a couple of Google engineers and a pretty lady from Gojek, I heard. Um, we even have Weldon, a full-on NFT addict. I mean, expert, sorry, Weldon. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the topic for tonight, you were able to get a flavor from the teaser that we sent you. So we, we sent you these blurbs, Metaverse, Artificial Intelligence, Social Media, NLP. So it's going to be right along that alley. Um, but the bigger reason why this is a great topic to kick off the year is that whether you work in tech or not, this is going to be the world that we live in, yeah. And we'll all need to wrestle with the bigger topics of identity and purpose. So that's uh, going to be the, around the discussion tonight. But before we introduce the speaker tonight, uh, let me talk a little bit more about the format. So normally when we have a guest speaker, um, usually what happens is that they have 20 to 30 minutes of presentation, and then we have about 10 to 20 minutes of Q&A. But our speaker tonight requested to keep it a bit more interactive. So there'll be no presentations, but instead there's going to be a dialogue. So of course I've prepped some uh, questions to warm us up, but I encourage you if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to drop it in the chat and then the leaders will just uh, alert me and prompt me to ask uh, to the, so that we could include it in the conversation. All right, so that's going to be the format. Keep it interactive, just you know, uh, bomb the, the, uh, the chat and we'd love to hear your voices as well. So going to the speaker, I have the privilege of introducing our guest speaker for tonight. Okay, our guest speaker is Rachel Oi, and she is currently the Chief Growth Officer and Mental Wellness Lead for Dentsu International APAC. So I have her sort of, uh, I have notes here. I hope you don't mind if I read it because I'm surely gonna miss something out because she's heavily accomplished uh, in, in, in the marketplace. So besides being a digital innovation catalyst for the past 25 years, with strategic expertise on growth to scale in convergence and disruptions, She's also a passionate strategist and pioneering advocate for sustainability, environmental, social, and governance. So she was honored as an International MBA Academic Excellence Award of the Year. And she's also a certified NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming Practitioner and Transformation Coach. So she mentors a lot of EMBA, MBA cohorts in Singapore, NTU on strategy uh, pro uh, projects focused on growth, with digital and sustainability at the heart of it. She's an ex-Accenture Managing Director for Industry X and, uh, and had led large digital transformation and change programs with ICT, AI, automation, CX, and deep tech since 2000s in Deloitte, WPP, Ericsson, Syngenta, X NXP, GE Digital, and all their clients. So that, that's a lot, that's a, that's a mouthful and I'm sure I'm missing something out. Uh, but basically uh, more than that, she's a good friend. And the topic for tonight is from her book called Hashtag Unshaken. And it's about to be released. Um, so it's not yet out in the marketplace, but tonight Narnia has the privilege to learn about it. Um, so Narnia, uh, please give a round warm of applause and a welcome to our good friend, Rachel. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you. It's so nice to be here tonight. Thanks for the very lengthy introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't missed anything, so you have them all right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Well, Rachel, thanks for being here. Really happy that you could make it. I know you're super busy. Last night I was chatting Rachel. I said, I'll do it after work because I know she's a very busy woman. But then she chatted me straight away because apparently she's still studying because on top of everything, she's studying and she won't be done till 1, 1 a.m. So thanks for coming here, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And this morning, my class starts at six o'clock in the morning with US. So it's a bit crazy. But it's great. So, so I'm so glad to be here. I heard so much from... Uh, Paulo, about all of you that's leading tech um, and, and at this age and yeah, at this age and this time. So it's a very perplexing time. So I'm actually looking forward. I told Paul, Paulo, I said, let's have a discussion and dialogue instead of presentation that's really boring. So, yeah. and the other reason is because I didn't have time to prepare slides. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I agree with your format. But, uh, you know, in Narnia, we're all about relationships. So before jumping into the topic, right? Like, you know, I wanted to ask you how you are. How's your new year treating you? And, you know, um, how was your holidays? Wow, my holidays is great. Um, working for Danzu. I work for Danzu. I'm not sure if you can see my t-shirt, Danzu. <laughs> so it has been great because last year was an awesome year because of, of COVID. There's so, there's so much demand from the, the market. Um, D2C, direct to consumers, and the whole digital commerce has kind of scaled up so much that I still have 30, 30, 34 hit counts to fill. Um, and in November, we already closed um, the year's number. So because of that, I'm able to take like four weeks off. And that's the, that's the time I used to write this book, 30 days. So <laughs> it was great. I, for the first time in 25 years, 26 years of my working experience, for the first time, I start the year very differently compared to uh, the past years where I usually have holidays. That's crazy. So while all of us are eating and drinking, you're writing a book and you did it in 30 days. That's that's unheard of. I think people normally take like three to four years to do that. So <laughs> that's, that's that's quite nuts. How are you able to write a book in just 30 days? I felt it was a calling. I've been working for many years, right? So um, in a text in the tech side and since early 2000 when I got my hands around neural network up to 2006 that's when um, the machine learning has got a breakthrough um, with, with AI truly started I think I remember 2006 um, so I have been thinking is this going to work for us is it going to work against us so that that working and accumulation of knowledge is ongoing for many years and thanks for COVID right not going anywhere and during this COVID I do see um, uh, AI technology can use for our good purpose to solve many, many problems already is solving um, no vaccine distribution problems and, and stuff like that with um, yeah with more Moderna and the freezing and track and trace whatnot so there are a lot of good use of it um, and then I, I felt that Mm. And I also know, I'm also aware with, with the teams that I have and people around the companies, great vaccinations happening, great languishing is happening, uh, people are burnt out. So I felt the urgency to have this message out. That's why <laughs> that inspired me to write a book. 
Wow. Okay, we have a lot to get to. Like you, 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 you already mentioned things that could be separate topics in itself: languishing, <laughs> great, great transition. So let's get into it. But uh, before that, maybe uh, I, I may ask you a little bit about your work history because I'm really curious. Right? How did you find yourself in this space? Like, how did you know? How did, did you like really aim um, to target tech, or like how did you enter this space? And you know, how did you begin? Um, honestly, I'm really, really lucky and really blessed because from my very first job, I mean, first of all, I graduated uh, with accounting and, and, and marketing. Uh, I'm, I have been a science student all the way to university. And as Asian parents, they always say, ah, that's not going to make you money during that time because computer science wasn't popular yet. Go be a businesswoman. That's how you're going to make your wealth. <laughs> So that's how it was. So from engineering background, science background, my desire is actually to be a psychologist, if not a lawyer. Mm. Uh, but ended up studying business, graduated with accounting and marketing um, in mid-1990s. Uh, and then come out, I um, mix around with um, many nationalities in Australia. Uh, we moved to Australia, we are all Australians. Um, and then my Singaporean friends are quite fun in Singapore. I thought Singapore was a great place, not Australia, to, to start work. So uh, very naively come here. Um, yeah, that's how I just explore what industries are there. I wanted to get into consulting firms. I went through interview, I looked at the job and I'm, accounting graduate I'm like this is boring stuff I don't want to work in an accounting firm <laughs> I like consulting but I don't want to work in an uh, accounting firm and then I realized oh telco is interesting because they're migrating from the very old analog system from if, if I'm not sure if you you understand the era but <laughs> during those M's and e-texts those are analog <laughs> uh, mobile phones era migrating to the digital of 1800 and 1900 GSM, and we started from, from then, I thought, oh, this is interesting because telco used to be utilities. Mm. And it was liberated, become telcos. And that's when I got into telco space. That's when the data started, SMS started first. Um, got a very good chance to start working with McKinsey, Deloitte in the very first project in APAC around CRM, around analytics. So in 1999, I remember that's when I have a good hands on segmentation mm-hmm. uh, with um, yeah with decision tree basket analysis on an SAS platform so from there have a chance to join Deloitte to spin off and head up strategy and analytics mm-hmm. uh, really I didn't plan this path but it happens to be um, doors open get to experience digital tech data, uh, gradually from ICT, move forward to semiconductor. If you know about semiconductor, no, I'm not that, I'm not that young, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm going to buy you coffee and, and tea the next time we meet a team <laughs> when it opens up. Yeah. yeah, so then I have a chance to get into semiconductor because, again, it was a digitization of semiconductor from the analog. Mm-hmm. To, to digital for the first time. And NXP, I'm, I'm just lucky, right? They come hunt and they come to hunt and happen to found me from Ericsson. Uh, so 
during Ericsson era from Telco, we already start talking about network society, connected society. That's and then NXP want to um, get into the expertise and recruit the right people around IoT because the whole IoT dialogue really started with Telco first. Mm-hmm. And then when NXP started before this like tablets, phones, um, how we got this and the tablets and also the Bosch um, uh, dashboard on the cars and Tesla has it now. They are all the microchips with digitization of semiconductor parts. Wow. Um, so I spent time there like, oh, this is cool. This is how the whole, um, not just telco, right? The whole IoT is going to spark stuff. Then later on, I... I realized, hey, this is not where the money is. <laughs> Pretty practical because this is a volume game, right? The, the real IoT that's monetizing belongs to the industrial. So um, I was, I have been trying to think, how can I um, join join someone like, or a company like GE? Because during those MBA days, I graduated in 1999 with an international MBS. You know, understood while I was uh, with Singtel. That's why Deloitte got me over to start Deloitte um, Telco practice. So with all those background, I thought, oh, this is cool. Um, G, G might want me because G is very demanding for the right uh, candidates out there. It's not easy to get in. They only yeah. come out to recruit. Yeah. Um, they, they, only, they only consider CVs. They don't come out to recruit. Sorry, they don't come out to recruit they will choose the candidate to write in. So when I got to join them as um, country manager, started with Singapore, Thailand, I was really excited because that was the first time I got my hands dirty into working with the engineers. Mm. Then I realized that, ooh, the IoT in this space is pretty mature. The oil rig already using predictive um, analytics to maintain the machines and whatnot. This is where the money is. <laughs> so I spent uh, some years with them understanding that before Accenture got me over to run the, the Industry X as a managing director. Um, so it's so I mean I look when I look at my career, I didn't plan it, but every time I watch what's next and then I jump ahead to to be very bold, jump ahead, um, just learn something new. Um, so. Yeah, so here, here I am with uh, Dan Zhu on CX, CX again. And this is something quite, it's not, it's not old. I started with CRM. CX is kind of a full circle, right? So digital transformation started with data, database first, and then, um, um, and then digital marketing, the agency, the telco, and then to the, to the manufacturing of parts and semiconductor and to the industrial. Now it's kind of coming back as a loop because of um, also COVID. CX, customer experience becomes so important to connect all these dots to make sure that the top line and the growth number of companies are maintained, if not growing during this time. So yeah, very blessed to be here. That's my career uh, track record that I've journeyed through. That's an amazing journey, man. So, you know, that's why people in the in the chat are asking, did you start when you were 15? So it's like a lot to do in a small career. And it's not easy jobs, you know. Each of those jobs, like consultancy for Deloitte, like IoT, even GE during the time that you joined, it was the Google. I remember during that time, it's like the Google of companies, right? Everyone wanted to get there. No one knew how, but, you know, it's like, so that's amazing. If you, if you heard about predicts before... Hmm. Right. Yeah, so Predix is kind of the um, before Azure happened. So mm-hmm. Azure, yeah, Azure is kind of copying, not copying, but they have learned a lot from GE. Unfortunately, GE didn't do well with the GE power that dragged down the whole entire business. 
Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know that was GE. So the cloud computing actually started with, with GE before. Apparently, the whole internet started with machines first because of the interconnectivity. Mm. Yeah, before IT. If you understand the OT and IT world, uh, give me a hand if those understand what I'm talking about, OT and IT world differences. OT is operation technology. So we're talking about industrial 2.0, and it's only 3.0, that's when IT starts happening, right? But the operation technology in the manufacturing environment, all the systems and protocol already in place before IT kickstarted. Yeah, so my point is, um, yeah, if you understand OT, um, and that's when the interconnectivity of internet happens before the IT takes place. Mm. But it's, of course, it's, a, it's, it's, it's in a much more enclosed environment. So healthcare, for example, um, the very first um, internet connectivity is actually not happening on the IT world, but in the healthcare industry during those yeah. times. Yeah. I see, I see. Well, thanks for sharing your, your journey. I could read your resume in, in, you know, in LinkedIn, but then it's nice to see that your story is equal parts, like being in the right place at the right time. But at the same time, I think it was wisdom. You, know, you, you had the foresight to see where things are going. And you also knew how to follow the money. So that's also, you know, <laughs> the right opportunities alone won't land you, uh, you know, uh, success immediately, right? Yeah. So, you also so yeah. So the funny thing that my husband told me is, hey, you follow where the world will grow and where the companies will grow for the money, but you did not grow with the money. <laughs> Else you start a venture capitalist <laughs> firm that. and start a business venture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for that, Rachel. Um, I wanted to ask you about the book because, I, you know, the, an apt start to the discussion on digital genesis is what exactly is digital genesis? You know, we've heard that word in bits and pieces in social media, but we're not all into tech. So what is, what is it and what does it look like and what are the implications to us? This is a very big question. I have, this is the biggest chapter of my whole book, <laughs> how digital genesis look like. So if you've seen through or understand the whole um, industrial world, industry 1 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, I'm just gonna bring you through some background so you can con connect the dots. Um, I work for GE, right? So 120 years during those time ago, it was really um, uh, Thomas Edison. Actually, Thomas is not that smart compared to um, Tesla. <laughs> because Tesla come up with a system that is dual communication, including telecommunication. And he started with hydro already, hydro energy. <laughs> but he didn't have his best friend like uh, Edison had with uh, JP Morgan. Mm. <laughs> so that's how they kind of lighted up the whole New York City. Competitive <laughs> advantage is the exactly, funding. exactly, still true. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, that's how the whole energy um, kicked off the whole second industrial uh, revolution after the first of steam, right? And manufacturing, all those starts uh, happening. So if you were to look back from then to now at least the journey I've been through, I realized that a lot of infrastructure technology is already there. And that's the industrial world side of the story. If you have watched, um, if you have watched movies, I won't mention Star Wars. When I ask questions, what's your, what's the closest sci-fi that you imagine uh, closest to digital genesis? People will say Star Wars. 
I'm not sure what's your answer there. Uh, but to me, uh, initially, um, it, it was really Wakanda forever. Black hmm. Panther, Wakanda forever. Because it's highly industrial, right? Highly industrial. And it really depends on the material, the element. Um, I think it was um, vibranium, vibranium that they have. Yeah, yeah. Marvel. Yeah, that the, You're talking my language. I'm a Marvel geek. Yeah, the shield. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shield and all the technology, right? So... I, I would I would imagine when nanotechnology and nano and quantum engineering come to pictures with the industrial space that we already have and digital twin started a long time ago. The first digital twin I saw with a jet engine is it was six years ago when I was with them. If you understand how um, how G sell jet engine to the airline, they sell jet engine with minimal one percent downtime, which means all the jet engine. It's actually monitored with sensors around them with the IoT. So to make sure that's no downtime. So I've, when I walk into the command center, I look, wow, this is amazing. Any potential risk of downtime with the digital twin um, you know, detected, straight away communication is through the line to the airport, to the airline to get its service before the next flight. So it's so efficient, a 1% downtime. Uh, else you're gonna make a lot of losses, right? So imagine that industrial world in advancement with materials, with science, with medical, in conjunction with metaverse. Um, I'm quite sure some of you are more exposed to metaverse when in, than the industrial side I've just described. <laughs> yeah, but when you put both together, uh, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, um, it's always, uh, the way they're working today is completely linear. The, 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 the way we interact, we engage, the growth that we have in how human thinks and how we're educated. We are all working in linear fashion, but the technology world is completely exponential. Mm. Uh, that's why there's so much fear around sing sing singularity, right? <laughs> even Elon Musk, even Stephen Hawking's are worried. He's, he's worried about singularity because the growth is exponential and the way that we are learning, we are growing, we're not catching up fast enough with that. Right. So the imagination I have for digital genesis, and I'm hopeful, um, we, I'm saying we, I'm not that young, but the millennia, okay, what is singularity? Let me explain. Singularity is, okay, let me rephrase, technology singularities. Te technology singularity is at a point uh, when the growth of technology already superseded humans in decision making which means when you have everything connected, if you watch, have you watched Terminator? Terminator. Skynet. <laughs> oh, Skynet. So it's yeah, so are, are you telling us that singularity is an inevitability, Rachel? <laughs> not yet. Okay. It's funny, right? Because when I first joined Accenture, the very first, um, the very first conference um, speech they want me to run is talking about that. Because I was running Industry X, <laughs> yeah. this AI and everything coming together. I literally talk about Skynet. I literally talk about green energy, having lasting um, uh, non-aging body with robots, uh, with the AI maturity. So singularity is at a point where the AI is so mature and advanced um, and with IoT connected, just like what I've seen in the command control center with the jet engine at a much um, accelerated scale. Yeah, so 
in that scenario, where, because humans speak different language and different culture, we have barriers, we have borders, mm. but AI don't. They can rewrite their own codes at a point where they grow so fast and they're completely connected. There's no way we can intervene the decision making they are making. So that's kind of scary, right? Yeah. So anyway, my point is, um, I'm hoping that's why the book is for to call out the millennials to step up, to own what Pearl who let the young people in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So, so okay, so there, there's several things happening in the chat now. There are old people asking what singularity is, and then there's young people asking what Terminator is. So I think there's struggles from both ends. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, um, well, go watch okay. the movie. Go yeah, watch yeah. the new movie. Uh, yeah. Um, coming, let's come smart. back to uh, digital yeah. trends, right? So it's we. That's when Google that shit. <laughs> I start reading a text. When the industrial world comes together, if you connect the dots with metaverse, that's where we're going to end up. Imagine the digital twin we have in industrial world with the machine uh, is mapping us to our avatar. And that's completely real to, to be. So in that um, not silo world anymore, but connected world, um, to me, that's when we transact at a different level. So imagine this, everything is physical today, but when we have our own avatar in a metaverse world, at the same time, our physical world is very advanced industrial, digital mm -hmm. industrial with infrastructure and whatnot. So a lot of things are easier to control within our, our means. Mm -hmm. And I believe the technology can help us to solve the sustaining problem that hasn't been solved before in the last generations. Gotcha, gotcha. But we, we do have a risk if we are not taking control, if we are not having the right policy to govern. Just like, just like when in 2000, when I get into the ICT world, the first time, the first suitcase that Google has was actually from Ericsson, whom I work for. Because during that time, Ericsson was selling the gateway um, portal machines to all the telcos. So, which means Ericsson take, and it was 80% of the market share, which means they actually penetrate the whole world mobile portal at the time, walled garden. And when Google comes in, Google tried to do advertisements uh, as just very simple, right? It's just, just, a, just advertising, just, just, a, just an advertising bar on all the uh, WAP, we call WAP at the time, portals. Um, and Ericsson tried to file a suitcase against Google, but there's no way to do it because there's no policy, no regulation established in that world yet. Same application and implication I'm seeing in digital genesis. If there's no governance, there's no policies in, let's say, metaverse or digital genesis, whoever conquer it gets in first and dominate first. Wow. Wow. If, um, if you can imagine then. That's, that's quite scary. And you don't know, to your point, we don't know the values and the vision uh, yes. and the motivations behind who will dominate, right? So, you know, it could be used for good, but it could also be exploited. And we're the pawns in that game. Exactly, exactly. And what's more dangerous is I think our generation is still okay. We have we are we are we are solid with our we are rooted in our identity in the physical. Uh, but imagine Gen Gen Z and after. Yep, 
they're, they're the pure digital natives with digital first, completely digital first in interaction. Actually, maybe they you will can, get. Yeah. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Rachel. Yeah, they, 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 prob they probably, can we get comment from Leon? <laughs> uh, they probably get lost in, in where they are operating, right? In the digital world without a strong identity in the physical. Actually, maybe you can talk a little bit more about that racial because I know we spoke about it in the past, but you know, beyond robots suddenly taking over and waging war on humanity, <laughs> I think the more impending risk and urgent risk is on the topic of identity. So it's more a psychological thing. I actually, uh, in a way, like, I, I think just like we have it better than people in the future in terms of metaverse. But I think even if we're rooted in the physical now, people still struggle with identity. You know, uh, uh, what's, what's your thoughts on that, on unpacking the psychological side of things? Because like, for example, social media, right? Just our identity goes for a toss when we see that we, our friend on social media is already more successful than us or starting to have families and babies. And then, you know, should I, am I late? Am I, you know, so there's a struggle for identity even now in the physical world. Like, you know, how do you see this uh, moving forward also in the digital genesis? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the scary part or rather that's, that's our anchoring self part right so today you see um uh, just let me open a can of womb which i want to talk about as well T today we have issues around um languishing um depression anxiety uh mainly and a lot has to do with not just self-esteem but deeper root is actually identity i i think i think i mean at least for, for myself what i've been through um it takes it takes a whole journey in life with the value system to be able to anchor someone that's strong and unshaken um, to the point where when challenges come, you're able to withstand, right? Mm -hmm. But when uh, a person's identity is not clear or depending on objects and success at a superficial level, uh, when challenges and tests and trials come, uh, that's when it become um, uh, is easily fallen apart, fall apart. Right. Yeah. So that's that's another big topic, right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm dealing with quite a number of uh, cases at work uh, with mental wellness. So th this is this is very private stuff that people don't show until they they need help and they um, yeah they 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 are broken. Man, that's that's crazy. And how I mean, we'll talk about solutions and how do we go about it later on but let's you know stay here a little bit and you know if we could get your thoughts on like could you unpack how bad do you think it's going to be because um the other day i was watching a youtube video for example of someone freaking out and you know a teen in the states almost committing suicide because his avatar in world of warcraft an online game where he spends more time than in the physical world suddenly got robbed of all the items that he worked hard for. And, you know, of course, it's a funny clip and people make fun of it. But, you know, in the metaverse, that's actually going to be everyone's. That's where we're headed, right? That that's not just for the gamers. It might be all of us. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's all about perception. I think every one of us live in our world, in our own view of how we see the world. It's, it's, it's really about perception. 
Um, and this perception is based on who we think we are and the value uh, that we can be built and anchor upon to be successful or not. So if that worldview is just limiting to something like metaverse and in a game environment, that's the only world they're living in. Mm-hmm. So that's where the risk is only open to that world. Right. And therefore, and perception can be can be quite deceiving. That's why it's so important when when I when when we do coaching. I mean, I'm I'm a coach. When we do coaching, especially with men, uh, mental mental challenges, it's it's always coming back to how we can help the person to be more self-aware of who they are, how they're sensing, what they're feeling, and, and what's happening in the world. Right. Because our mind, our mind is always tricked by the perception we have of what we think and what we see. And that's always a danger of negative thoughts will play the re-loop all the time. And that's how we are set up, right? Because mm-hmm. I mean, the whole NLP, the neural networks in our body, that's natural. That's, that's how we are made um, to communicate um, with cells, our body cells. So the neuron transmit from mind to the heart. And to the guts, you'll be surprised our guts have uh, lots of neurons and the transmitters work. And, and then and this transmitter will continue to communicate with the cells in the body. Mm-hmm. So the moment the thought, when we take captive of a bad thought and a worrying thought, anxiety thought, depression thought, it just translates to our body and our cells react and behave uh, and respond accordingly. So imagine this guy in a metaverse. He think he lost. He's lost his wall. That's his perception. It's a re-loop, and, and after re-loops, it becomes, yeah, it becomes a depression, suicidal. So, how a person can get out from that is really having um, the awareness, and can be awareness coming from a coach or being aware of what's happening, and to to start a new thinking pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, to re to, to 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 lay a new neuron path, um, because because it takes practice, right? It takes coach to help. It takes talking to people um, to 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 help that. Um, but coming back to coming back to identity and how we are going to relate to the digital world, I actually have a framework there, which because I always believe we need to first ground ourselves in the physical world, right? To know who we are and mm-hmm. to create a superpower. Then we can be strengthened in the digital world, leading technology. Mm-hmm. So my, my my core focus is that's the dark side, right? We can only help people get out from the dark side. But let's look at how this generation of millennials leaders can build ourselves strong from 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 the other side, the physical side, knowing the fundamentals, who we are as human being. Gotcha, gotcha. So I'll ask Kayla to pull up the the the. The thing in a bit. Um, okay, but uh, before we get into this, Rachel, because this is uh, such an interesting diagram, but we need you to unpack it for us. It's quite complicated. Sure. Um, uh, we have an uh, a keep uh, guys keep the the comments and the questions coming. Really super interesting. And leaders, let me know if I missed something. But I have a question uh, just on the on the dangers of digital genesis and the lack of identity before you engage and get lost in all of this, the metaverse and uh, what have you. There's a question here on what's the timing for this thing? Like, uh, do you have a forecast when this would be? Is it in 50 years, in 10 years? Well, Stephen Hawkins here say that this will happen in 20 years. Um, yeah, I don't think I'm smarter than him. 
<laughs> but when I look, yeah, but the, the way that I've seen technology accelerated, where I've traveled for the past 25 years in, in this journey, I think, I think you'll, I think digital genesis is already happening in transition right now, thanks to COVID. It's already activated uh, to, sorry, my kids are talking behind the <laughs> They're just having dinner too noisy. Yeah, so, so in terms of the advancement of it, I think it will take at least five years to shape up the infrastructure of digital genesis, right? Gotcha, gotcha. But I agree yeah, with you that it might be a slow climb. Like it's not going to be uh, on year 10, suddenly we're in it. Like I think it's one of those things where we slowly creep on it and then integrate it slowly until we're in it. Um, another thought I do have, I think the building blocks are already there for digital genesis, either from infrastructure, from the industrial side of things that I, I mentioned, or from the IT side of things, metaverse, especially um, identity. Mm -hmm. um, tagging identity of Paolo or Fritchell, having avatar, that identity consolidation, that's one key pillar. And, and the transactions, payment. Mm. When these two are happening, the rest of the building blocks can be easily connected in the value chain, yeah. in the ecosystem. Mm. So I believe the building blocks are already there with technologies and AI will only help to orchestrate, right? <laughs> when you see ID become clear, one ID, and transaction and commerce become very clear to to kind of lean up the whole B2B to C directly, right. including the, the, the supply chain at, 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 at the end. Um, I think that's, we're talking about new, new, new money, new mm. money that I'm not talking about Bitcoin, maybe more sophisticated than that. And when this two happen- Well then, right? Oh, sorry. Yes, and I think it's yes. We have, we have a question. Will we talk about NFTs tonight from, from well then? <laughs> that, that's, that's just a vehicle, right? But yeah. it's going to contribute to the transaction. So when identity happens, transaction happens, the rest of the building blocks are there in the industry, in a B2B, B2C, metaverse. It's just a matter of connecting the dots. I think that's that's where the scale, the hockey stick is. When, when they're there, the rest of the building blocks is going to be connected. Gotcha. But from a human level, if you've ever been insecure about what you saw in social media, it's actually already happening now. The struggle for identity versus the digital world, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I can I can only imagine. Okay, scary, scary. Yeah, I mean, who is not on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. When you post LinkedIn. something, you yeah. yeah. When you post something, you install Facebook, right? I mean, Facebook generation a bit old. So, so we, you, when you're there. You love to see lights, of course. No matter how I'm secure, I think I'm a very secure person. But I still love to see lights. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. And and correction from Weldon. It's Web three, not NFT. Is just an asset placeholder. Okay. Cool. Man. Right. I, my my there? girl, my girl behind the screen just shout just shouted discreet. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, we got a uh, two interesting comments slash questions, which I think maybe. Would love to get Rachel's opinion or just even some other Narnians' thoughts on it um, from TJ and Royston. So maybe they can um, speak out their questions. Okay. TJ, we'll go with you first. And then we'll go with Royston. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, you could just ask out your question. I don't oh, have access to chat. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, you know, like society, 
in society we have uh, you know rules. Sorry, TJ, it's a bit hard to TJ, it's a bit hard to hear you. Can you speak closer to your mic if possible? <laughs> Can you hear me now? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I guess um, you know, in the physical world that we live in, we have rules and regulations. So we have government or we elect, and we've got you know borders and you know areas that they control. And a lot of the laws that we have um, are there to protect the vulnerable. But in the metaverse, there is no supreme being, there is no government. Um, so I, I guess the question is, how do you see, or you know, do, with, do, have you thought about how it might translate? Because uh, I, I guess, you know, we all started, the physical world also started without all the, you know, governments and regulations and things like that as well. Um, how, how, yeah, just maybe some insights. How, you, how, how do you think that it might evolve in the, in the metaverse? Maybe it's the same, but then it just like, it's, we learn from, you know, what we know now, or do you think that it's like a true, you know, anonymous nirvana? Yeah, so it's a great question, right? As I wrote, as I write the book, this, these are the thoughts that's really coming real to me because I need to communicate it, that in the book. Um, when you look at the human civilization, the foundation is really based on the laws. Like really the Ten Commandments a long time ago, right? That's the basic and before all, um, before it becomes other laws and regulations because those sets of value and foundation on the society uh, for boundaries, for protection, for whatsoever, uh, before things can develop in a safe space, boundaries. So that's regulated environment. Now, same, I believe, is going to, needs to happen in digital genesis. In absence of that, and with the authority potentially from the AIs, that's, that's when I think a human needs to have governance over writing <laughs> the, the, the rules to limit or to empower what um, program can do or cannot do. So I, I can only imagine the governance in digital genesis has to be so united. There's just no way, there's no way to regulate like different countries like we are today. And the moment we have, in fact, this is so urgent, right? It's so urgent and so needed. First with identity in the digital genesis. When you have avatar, you have like avatar of, let's say, um, different persons. Paolo, you have 10 avatars. How do you identify, especially for transactions? Because it's, it's got to be encrypted. And these are the basics, right? And before... That's why the law is going to be there, the regulation is going to be there, else there are going to be a lot of crimes, right? <laughs> there are a lot of crimes in, in that environment. It's not safe. So foundationally, law, regulations, governance, identity, transactions, I think these are the foundation that's going to shape the digital genesis world. But more importantly, um, um, the leaders, the digital leaders, really got to step up to start to, to to, to be aware, this is the this is the stuff we are developing. It's even more powerful than an AI we've kind of um, uh, developed in two oh six for real with machine learning and neural network. So this is even bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard um, I heard a talk about um, an interview with Elon Musk about it actually, and basically he said uh, exactly what you're saying. He's saying 
it cannot be with the law bearers because the law bearers take time to understand what it is and then on, enforce laws. By the time they enforce laws, it's too late. So he, he gave an example of the seatbelt. Like now every car company has a seatbelt, but he's, he basically recounted an entire history of how many deaths there needed to be for seatbelts to be in, in enforced by law. And he's saying, guess what? The digital sphere is gonna move faster than what the lawmakers can understand and predict. So it's going to be up to, like what you said, the, the big companies and the big leaders in, in the digital space to actually come together to define it because you can't rely on lawmakers. Exactly, and it won't be our current government in mm. position to understand, comprehend, comprehend and do this. Yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, Weldon said like a DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yep, before I move on to the next question, uh, uh, my next question, let's go with Royston first. Royston, you wanted to ask a question? Yes, thank you, Power, and thank you, Rachel, for everything you shared so far. Um, the question I have on my mind is around equality and equity. So, I'm coming with the mindset that we're architecting potentially a new civilization, a new way of doing things. Uh, and for the first time in a long time, physical resources uh, are maybe not the constraint. Uh, it's going to be a lot of intangible resources. Uh, do you think that is going to give us a greater opportunity for a form of equality or equity than we've ever had before? Absolutely. There are pros. I write a lot of pros in my book about digital genesis. That's why the, the encouragement for leaders to take governance and shape it for good and growth. Uh, immediately, we know that the moment we move there to, be, to have more commerce transactions and whatsoever, immediately we cut down a lot already on sustainability and constraint to the, to the current physical world, world we live in. In fact, it's a very sustainable world. If you think about that, because all the activities happening there, not here, right? So that's not going to um, have so much damage in the, in the world we live in. <laughs> At least the travel is the first one already. Cool. And it's, it's happening in, in during COVID time. But the other implications of how we leave the world that's consuming the world uh, is going to be minimized, but brought forth to the digital world. Mm. Um, that's why in the model I have later on, you get to see um, a very practical application of us if you're ahead of time. Um, ESG, I'm not talking about ESG in the physical world, which is still, that's going to make us career whatsoever, but applying that context to the digital world, uh, how, how, how it's going to help protect that and start mm -hmm. that with the right footing there is going to give us back our um, eyes or returns in the physical world. Yeah, so yes, for sure. It's, it's going to be sustainable, it's going to be green, it's going to be circular, it's going to be a lot more. The only thing, it's, the only thing that worries me as a certified NLP practitioner is our brain. Mm. When we are not living a balanced life with a physical function, I think the emotions is still there because you're talking to someone, you're connecting to someone. Of course, it's got to be safe and secure. If there's a crime, crime scene everywhere <laughs> and it's, you have different identity you can trust, that that is running our mind crazy, right? Besides that, the the the, the physical activities do got to take place, um, and to have us balance. Else, um, the chemicals not just going to play to our favor, and we're going to have more mental challenges in that world. Oh gosh, okay. 
All right. Well, with all the dangers, let me ask you, Rachel, like with all the potential dangers, we talked about AI in 50 years' time and, um, you know, identity issues years. in the present day. Yeah, 20 <laughs> and then even identity issues in the present day, and it, will, it can only get worse. And plus, I'm starting to connect the dots on why it's a interesting topic for you because of your background, both with tech and with your neurolinguistic programming trainer. But if I may ask you, what's your main motivation? Like what uh, about all of this swirling? Like what would be your main motivation to write the book? I want to activate. I want to activate because I want to activate the millennials leaders to step up mm -hmm. and take charge and take ownership of digital genesis. Because we talk about the governance, we talk about um, the regulations, the law, and like we need, we need, we need the digital genesis world to be conquered by good people that has got moral, good moral value. So, it's, to me, it's, it's a gesture for good and growth in digital genesis, mm. really for the movement of of that. Mm. Uh, that motivates me to, to write the book. And the, the, the second part of the book, which is the crux of it, is talking about how we can up our superpower, mm. that we need not be fearful about AI, about what we're talking about in digital genesis, because we have not optimized the human being performance yet. Mm. Right. right. Which, the, which the following framework afterwards, I'm not sure we have time to cover tonight, but that's yeah. the gist of how we can be superhero ourselves. Gotcha. Maybe we could pull it up. And while I'm asking, I wanted to, uh, uh, yeah, so while we're pulling it up, I wanted to ask also in, in the book, you mentioned you don't just survive this thing, right? Because right now it's doom and gloom and we all in the room could understand how bad it could be in the future. But you're saying in the book that we don't just survive, we want to thrive and be good stewards during this great transition. You called it a restoration to our best self. Maybe you'd like to talk a little bit more about that before we go to the, uh, the, the framework that you mentioned. Yeah, sure. So there, there, there are two points here, right? To me, digital, okay, first thing first, the, the, the world has already kick-started a, a great wealth transfer. I remember about 18 months ago, I wrote an article when I was back in Accenture uh, about ESG, and that's, that's when it hasn't started. But I do have a vision. I have a gift of vision. So that's why I read this book as well. Every time um, I have a vision of what's next, and that's, that's my gift. So I do foresee back then ESG would take shape and sustainability is going to kick off. Um, you can find it in my LinkedIn, those earlier articles, but you look at the date, then you know that's like um, 12 months or 18 months ahead. Um, and and it's in, in a similar track, I am seeing great wealth transfer happening. Uh, where the whole and this is this is there's no this is no magic right if you connect the dots you can also see what I'm seeing um, the, we, we are transiting to a green world and circular economy will be reframed of its value and ESG already kickstarted to redefine the valuation and and all those stuff right so it is no surprise where um, big MNCs will not do so well if they don't keep their growth um, going. The shareholders, uh, investors abandon that and go for the new, new, the, the the new ventures, and the new ventures will be successful moving forward and not solving for the monetization, but solving for costs because there are whole sets of problems happening in the world today. Mm -hmm. Whomever has a solution, 
they will get the money very quickly. Wow, the financial world is restructuring itself with the wealth um, passing on because they're rich. They're just sick of the blue chips company not making money. Uh, they know the world needs help. They are funding that too. So the whole wealth transfer from the top is going to happening there. It's, it's going to swing over at the same time. Metaverse and all those stuff is going to be. Um, it's going to be Uberization of jobs into that world as we speak. So uh, this will all happen. Um, I would say next five years, anytime. And in the midst of this, how do we, uh, if this great transition is going to happen? That well, first of all, that's good news, right? So it means we. Yes. we, <laughs> we... So yeah, so that's that's good news, right? So to me. This is a time for us to find our dream job and knowing insights ahead of us. This is a time to take our territory in digital genesis for good and for growth. Let's go for it, man. <laughs> it's it's a second chance. It's a second chance. It's a second life for those, for those who have not made a success constrained by the current structure, old school, old spirit, um, old way of growing. Gotcha. Cool. NBA top shot it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and and uh, um, is, is this part of what you call the restoration of our best self, Rachel? Is this part and parcel? Uh, that's one, because I always believe um, it, it starts with seeing. You have a vision, you see it. That's how our neural network works anyway. When you see it, you think about it, you start to believing it, and you start to take action. Of course, you build a plan to, 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 to transit. But the transition and transformation is not difficult when you're fully aware what you want to achieve. Right. That's how people um, know correct costs. So the restoration towards digital genesis and the pivot is not difficult. As long as someone is aware, understand the process and seeing what's to come, which I've explained how digital, digital genesis looks, looks like, as doom as it, it can be. But hey, those who understand how, how to crack this and conquer it, it's a land of wealth and opportunity. It's a gold mine. <laughs> Wherever goes in, grab first, you know? Let's go. Let's go get it, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At this point, maybe you could talk us through, you know, the really great uh, concepts. But the question, uh, you know, uh, you, you touch upon is in the framework. So maybe you could take time to explain it. Maybe you could pop it up, Kayla. Oh, here we yeah. go. Yeah. So I want to supercharge all of you, <laughs> supercharge us to be capable, capable of thriving and taking uh, the territory in digital genesis. So this slide is about supercharging, calling out your best self. So we look at, and I call this, this is my framework, I call it the growth trinity framework. Um, tr the trinity here is the, the few trinities, you can see many like trees, right? The trees on the left and trees on the right. <laughs> Let's start from aura. Um, now today in a corporate world, like be it you work for Google, AWS, or Face, or Facebook, or even GE, we only we only talked about you no know, um, strength. Work on your strength. A lot of people are not a lot of people are not happy because they're just working with the competencies and get salary. And actually, strength is good. We are trained for that. I, I, either by education or by training, that's great, but that's not it for us to contribute, right? To be successful, to at least find fulfillment. So aura is a combination of strengths and talent. A lot of talented people don't get to enjoy 
um, using their talent. <laughs> uh, violinists love music, creative guys, because it doesn't make them money. That's why they, they train with their strengths and competencies and education done then and, and therefore not leveraging talent. But someone who is able to tap, and this, this, is, this, is, this is actually cool, right? Because once you figure this out, this can be easily applied in digital genesis because it's an untapped wall. You can create your own and maximize your aura. So strengths, talent comes together. That's just like aura superpower. The moment you figure out your values, for example, someone who has strong family values, you, you can't work and you can't work in or you can't work in an environment that's long hours. That's not how it works. It's going to tear you down. But someone to find satisfaction of serving in their value around, so I say entertainment, it won't, it won't tire you up. You actually enjoy that. So when you put strength, talents, and value together, that actually um, um, optimizes your best self. Uh, and this is not just it. This is like, this is just like a branch of a one. It's a branch of a, of, of, that's connecting to um, a grape twine. Hmm. You know, the branches of a vine, but realm is your vine. Let me explain what is realm. Uh, first, first of all, for any one of us to be fruitful, we don't just depend on our aura, which is the branches, but we've got to depend on vine because that's where it gives productivity, fruitfulness, the stem cells are all there, and that's, that's, that's giving life and giving the fruitfulness uh, to perform with our aura. Now, in the realm space, realm. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah, so there are, there are, you can see that there are the four, four spheres, right? Or four levels, I call it four level. The first level, that's how we are educated. We, but we are trained in science. We are educated in our education system today. It's completely left brain trained. <laughs> it's logic. Step-by-step is sequential. And this is linear as well. So in this human intelligence uh, level, that's when AI can mimic us easily. It's logic, right? It's code and what, what not. So, but the moment we, mo we move to the next level, uh, whole brain, whole brain function, left brain, right brain. And it, this is where the, the EQ is, the SQ is, the social quotient, of course, the emotional quotient, the CQ, uh, curiosity quotient. And now we have um, AQ, which, which is adaptive adaptability quotient. So there are many cues there. This is like a bit of right function when right and left and also subconsciousness, that's when our whole brain is in function. If, if you do, if you go into just Google for some research, we actually optimize about 5%. If 5%, we are really genius. <laughs> in our whole brain function, you know. So um, maybe AI will get there, but it's going to take a lot of cues how to learn the other questions. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can be easily replicated under human intelligence, but not so much yet on whole brain intelligence. But it comes to neuroplasticity intelligence. That's what I talk about NLP, the neural network transmitters. This is connecting our brain to our heart to our guts and communicating to communicating to all the cells in the body. And this this takes life to make happen. Robots can't do this with the program, can't do this. They can capture our mind, but they can't, they're not life. AI robots, they're not life. So 
if we are if we are optimizing um, our op if we're operating in just different levels of realm including the biggest one out there spiritual intelligence where wisdom is given to us um, or we tap into a higher being of wisdom that's when our complete superpower will come to play with our aura in the physical side. So if you look at the superpower, there are two parts, the human and our avatar, our digital twin in the digital space. So yeah, so if you're aware of how to completely uncover our aura, hmm. I think a lot of us have not learned how to even understand ourselves better yet. Mm -hmm. We probably know our strength. We don't know. Our, we have not even think through our value. And in, in the book, there are questions there. We can do exercise around there. So at least you get to know who you are. Mm. And then which level are you operating at today? Because the moment you get to neuroplasticity, let's talk about just neuroplasticity. Let's not talk about, talk about beliefs yet or faith yet. When we talk about neuroplasticity, if you look at the Olympians, how they're trained, right? Um, they're trained to to believe and believe it so much with the brain and in their heart, in their bodies, they can actually outperform the human capabilities. And that is where the five types of chemicals off or influx of flying into their uh, prefrontal cortex at one go. The chemicals, that's how they're able to outperform their physical capability. Mm. And that's always happening for the Olympians. I, I'm, I'm a dragon boater, I'm a kayaker. So we, we compete every weekend, we go for you no know, competition and race. So there was one time I was surprised that all the ladies can actually outperform muscular men <laughs> because we got so high. This is called runner's high. We call we actually can call runner, runner's high. There's another description that's called the flow. If you Google that, you can find some research that's like quite uh, up to date. And this is a late research. It hasn't happened 10 years ago, just this few years. And in that space, we can actually upgrade ourselves to that level of operation. Wow. And so spiritual. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Well, what are the... that's in my book. That's in my book. The five, type, five types of chemical. That's in my book. Go get my book. <laughs> Okay. We, have all, we have all the neurons firing now. And <laughs> Fantastic. So the spiritual intelligence, that's when your belief comes in, right? Because um, when you have higher intelligence, the, um, the, the, the computer AI, they don't get it. <laughs> they just cannot get it. So that's beyond operations. Yeah. So the moment you have that and that superpower, physical, physical identity truly rooted, we can be very effective in digital genesis to take governance, to take, um, to define governance, to define regulation, to define our space there, to serve. And if you realize what I put here is to serve, right? At the end of the day, it's really when you serve, that's where your reward is. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, well, much is given, much is expected. And that's how uh, you can do really well and thrive in digital genesis, just focusing on these few areas. And this is just phase one, yeah. Uh, my, my brain only comes to ESG, but there are, there are bigger contexts in digital genesis, which is yet to be defined maybe in my second book later. <laughs> gotcha. No, but I love the idea that, you know, you're, you're not just... Uh, like inspiring and giving vision, but you're also being pragmatic about it. Basically, we're saying, if you want to really capture this opportunity, you need to work on yourself first and know, know who you are. I, I may be presumptuous, but most of the people 
like uh, I come in contact with, we're only encouraged by society to figure out our strengths and talents and maybe our passions, right? Our desires. But then we're not encouraged to really dig deep into our values, you know, and, yeah. you know, the academic world where we're, we're celebrate academics and IQ is celebrated. But how about wisdom? Uh, how about, uh, you know, uh, emotional intelligence, you know, that might not be come in the forefront. So we should for us to have a chance, we need to harness this first before yes. uh, we, we get into it. And, you know, I know it's in the book, but would you be able to give us, you know, one or two tips on how to go beyond just strengths and talents and really start to investigate and get to know ourselves and hone ourselves in this area? Yes. Um, so I think this is a good time because of COVID. We have, well, if you are not overworked, you deliberately spend some time with yourself. It takes a lot of reflection. So, and it takes a lot of honesty. I mean, for me, it takes me honesty to really know who I am. Um, it's, it's strange when I when I talk to someone, I haven't had a chance to look at how I'm talking to someone. <laughs> if there is just chance for you to record yourself in video and really look at you, look at yourself as a third party. Um, that's when you get to discover who you are a bit more. So it takes reflection. It takes uh, honesty to really think through who you, who you are, who you want to be. And that takes a lot of um, uh, security, right, to get there. Right. But it's not, it's not difficult. It just takes awareness. It takes deliberate reflections and the one thing and desire to, to call out who you are identify them and improve, right? So again, like neuroplasticity plasticity. is not new now. It's not new now. It's, it's, it's easy to understand. And um, and the, the body will work around there. It just took me 12 months to really like master that. It really doesn't take that much. You go to university, master, it takes like years, right? This is kind of, it's not difficult. It's just um, awareness um, and... Um, the willingness to transform. Gotcha. Cool. All right. And maybe you could, I, I love the fact that as well, it's all harnessing, but then the end point is to serve, right? When, and, you know, this one, I think we're, we're preaching to the choir here because people in Narnia like really embody just giving back. Like it's never about just self-discovery, but, you know, I've, I've, in the past two years that I've been with this group of people, it's all about serving, you know, and then using your abilities for good. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the three circles, Rachel, like what, um, like what are the three circles and uh, uh, the framework? Yeah. So uh, the three circles is really about sustainability. And this is chapter one of sustainability, um, which means like we have got climate issues, which is environmental, giving back to the planet or preserve the planet. And social, we do have equality issues. We do have challenges around um, uh, people uh, today. Um, mental wellness is one of that. Um, and uh, the societal development is one of that. Um, the wealth, um, unequal distribution is one of that. So that's important. Governance, we talked a lot about that earlier. And is going through <clears throat> shifts <clears throat> just right now in a current financial structure as well. So anything that's helping to solve the complication or the challenges we're going through today in the world, in this sustainability, as, and sustainability is beyond ESG. ESG is how we measure the value. Mm -hmm. 
let me, let me be very clear. Yeah? Sustainability is beyond that. Like I, I, I've been in a space of great energy transition. Um, no, um, it means the, the, old, the old oil to new oil or new green energy. That's energy transition. Sustainability is beyond that. But these are the, these are the places where people see value. Unfortunately, we live, in, we live in a world that people look at value. That's how we are dedicated. So let's be very pragmatic about sustainability and value is translated and defined. Therefore, right now, for just right now in transition uh, in ESG. So uh, in, in, the same, in the same way, I believe the future P&Ls and uh, how companies are evaluated evaluated in the stock market and by board of directors is going to go according with this as well. They call triple bottom line. Cool. Yeah. So any, any problems you're solving to serve this in return of value of who you are, who you can be and your strength and your skills in a physical world, uh, we can map the same into the digital world. Gotcha. Or we can serve, we can develop the digital world and serve there, but in return to the physical world in the context of ESG. Gotcha. Cool. Man, I love that. It's such an interesting topic, uh, Rachel, because I can't even keep up with the chat anymore. There's the chat is blowing up. I see 70 unread messages. So, uh, oh dear. yeah, so maybe I could just uh, uh, call on a couple of people, maybe just to share their thoughts so far and uh, their ideas. Uh, I see an exchange between Weldon and George. And if you guys want to share your thoughts at this point. Yeah, I think like there's, I think George's uh, point was uh, pretty accurate in the sense that I don't know why we're, um worried about governance within the metaverse when it's built upon decentralized structures already um meaning that there's no single well most of it right i that because you can argue that there are certain blockchains that are fully centralized like dapper labs hence they can do things like authoritarian moves like remove a user based on its name being free hong kong but anyway um most of the most of the yeah, world man. That Dapper Lab is $200 for me. <laughs> Most of the uh, meta world as we know it, mainly uh, because I'll use Ether, right? Because it's the main utility token. Uh, most of it's decentralized and there's kind of governance around it. And, and so like you can't simply do something um, and people won't find out because it, the blockchain is an open ledger where you can publicly look at every single transaction or things that or thing that have happened right um and so because of that like it, i think what i would want us to think about a little bit more is how we can use that side of things because it it has an inherent built-in kind of good that we believe or trust system that we believe in society how can we use that as a vehicle to better society in it and through it right because I think that would be a much better, a productive conversation to be had rather than fearing the system in itself. Um, unless, unless you're in Dapper Labs and, and they can make these moves to placate a government. Right. Yeah, absolutely well done. I mean, that's, that's why I'm here for, right? I'm not giving facts to paint a doom picture. My book is about unshaken and taking, uh, taking authority and um, shape the digital world for good. 
So you you are the millennial leaders that understand the construct how the, how this work and the technology, and I believe you are the leaders that can shape that for good purpose and good use as well. So that's a whole that's a whole point. Yeah. And I guess Rachel, governance doesn't mean that you lock everything down, like you said within blockchain itself. There are already some rules to make sure that you know people are authenticated. So that in itself is governance already. It's just the scale of where do you put, where where do you put the lever? And like you said, it might be that you know that the users decide where that uh, equilibrium or that happy place is. Yeah, exactly. I think the governance is not the, the micro governance. I think we do have trust and whatnot. It's more of like the civilization governance I'm actually talking about as well. Cool. All right. Sorry, Carl. Can I just quickly ask something? Sure. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we're talking metaverse, as in like there'll be multiple worlds. I'm assuming. Um, is there a? I mean, that's that's what I understand about this metaverse thing. Like, if you, so, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing like, okay, we can do good and everything, but will will it come to a point where there's singularity in the metaverse, or would there just be different metaverses? And if someone doesn't like something that's happening in a metaverse through the avatar, they can just peace out and go to another metaverse. How does that affect us in terms of human beings and development? In terms of um, understanding, say, pain, right, or challenges when, you know, if I don't like something or something's too hard, I just peace out from that metaverse and I go recreate myself in another metaverse or world um, because I didn't like the construct or the parameters or the people um, or the governance of the DAO um, that was on that uh, blockchain or in that universe. It's, it's funny you ask a question because if you if you read my book later on you'll find out that my um, my closest um, sci-fi movie that I love that's closest to it is exactly what you're saying it's like your spider-man <laughs> yeah no way home <laughs> I, I saw that and, from it's like them spider-man's writers are calling says right yeah no this spider-man uh, no way home the, the part the part that's um, that I've been thinking about that could it be real, right? Um, it's, it's it's actually quite quite far fetched in the in in the sense that there are two components that play out in Spider Man that may not happen yet in Metaverse because we are playing with space and time. Doctor Strange, <laughs> the space and time is definitely not in our control, not in Metaverse control. If you're talking a multi layer Metaverse of the same avatar, that's just the program, but physically you can't do it. <laughs> yeah so and that's, so that's you important can't, you can't change but you can because you, you we can have multiple avatars right in different spaces just like games right yeah so if you don't like a one game you can move to another game yes, there's no issue but yeah the only issue issue is when your physical comes to transfer from one space to another or one time to another that's going to be a problem but if it's just metaverse I think it's not an issue. I mean, that's my humble opinion. So the, the only part of Spider-Man that I can't see that coming through in our, with all the technologies we have today yet is really the time and space. And we're talking about spiritual intelligence level here, <laughs> the year realm here. I don't think we can touch the realm with technology. 
personal opinion. Yeah, we still can't bend times as well then, unless the meta world is Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting into a quantum physics discussion here. So. <laughs> I like Ricky's question. So where's the money at? Uh, since Rachel's the, the money person. <laughs> But like my hubby say, right? I don't chase after money else. So I'll be very rich now. <laughs> I chase after the where 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 the market is going, and that's what that's what my career is all about. Gotcha. Any more questions for the group? So we have uh, maybe we can manage a couple more questions before we ask Rachel to like give any closing statements. But any any questions or comments from the gang? Wow, everyone's so engaged. Look at this. Show me the money. Can I do a pause check if there's no question? I'm just wondering. Oh, yeah, that's a question. Yes, I, I, I don't know how to really skeptical of this whole metaverse thing. I think I said it in the chat. I, mean, I know it's, it's an augmented form of reality, but I mean, I, I'm seeing, at least as a believer, I'm seeing like pastors who are buying churches on the metaverse. Um, and and or even just celebrities who are trying to buy property in a very intangible space, and, and for their reasons, it's just to get on it fast. Um, I I don't know how to feel about that. Um, and also just does that also make us disconnected from the current world that we're in because we're trying to engage in a different sphere altogether. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm with you. I, I'm actually with you, and that's not how I think about digital genesis. Because we still we still need to have the physical part, our physical twin of everything, that's seamless. Um, anything that's happening in the digital world, but not in the physical, to me, that's not the real genesis yet. It's just, to me, it's just a phase of a hype right now. But I was going through in there with metaverse. Uh, that's I don't see that as digital genesis. That's why. I, in the beginning, I talked about how the industrial revolution comes about, right? Because those are the infrastructure we deal with. We're physical being, we're gonna be grounded, even in the framework of growth trees, it's really the physical, then that mural into the digital, but we can conquer the digital with the opportunity set. That's how I would see it. Yep. I think we're going through a bit of hype at the moment with metaverse. Yeah. I do have a question around sustainability, um, but maybe to just address that previous point from Annabelle as well. I think, you know, the, the thing is, the metaverse is just like a manifestation of what we know in the real life, right? And so, like anything else, hubris, like these things are all hubris, right? Like how we value things, these are all hubris as well. You, you said pastors are buying churches in digital land. Well, that's hubris, right? They want to be like, we made it kind of thing. Um, but when it comes to like aspects of that, then it, it goes into like a very important point because ESG part of that is sustainability. Right. And one of the, 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 I think one of the biggest challenges we're probably going to face in particularly because of the ability to like how we power, um, this digital world is, is unsustainable currently. Um, and then also like even the devices will need to interact with it. It uses rare earth minerals, these different things. How can we say that it is sustainable, um, at the moment? And, and I know that there are forms of blockchain that are looking to become more green, 
but in the way that it currently is like none of it is actually green right like we're just kind of lying to ourselves like the batteries that power it the semiconductors that build it all of this is really unsustainable right yeah i mean um i i, I spent almost like uh, quite a fair bit of time helping one of the uh, um, group, the Masai group in Singapore, for example, figuring out decarbonization and carbon trades, right? Um, a lot of a lot of consumption we are using, just like Singapore, for example. How, how do we offset it? We go to Malaysia and buy certificates. <laughs> that's how that's how we do with it. It's superficial, right? Uh, when we talk about even, uh, pardon me, we have touched on Microsoft and the rest. When we talk about, you know, a data center, are we really decarbonizing data center? No, we're just offsetting in some ways, some form or another. That's all. So ESG is a subset of a bigger sustainability picture. And within the bigger sustainability picture, we do have different facets of it, including how we charge up um, how we deal with energy transition and uh, big companies committing to um, zero carbon footprint, how do they measure it, which we just talked about. And we also need to talk about how the ecosystem of energy uh, from supply to demand is being um, circulated. We have not even touched about that yet. So in my book, I did talk about the whole reframing of the value of the circular economy. That's even a bigger picture. That's going to be a new programming uh, systematic picture, and it's going to move parallel with digital genesis to be credible uh, in the context of um, digital economy. Right. So I'm not talking about metaverse. I'm talking about the imagination I have or vision I have for digital genesis. It will be moving in tandem with circular economy. Mm. And and on that note, Rachel. What, will, what do you think jobs will look like? So you're describing macroeconomy moving in that direction, but would you have a sort of what's your vision or imagination of what jobs or the systems uh, look like in the future? Yes, by the book. I have list down uh, potential future jobs in there. Okay. Two pages, <laughs> two okay. pages. Yeah. One of them, I'm on it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, uh, joke aside, I think uh, that there's still jobs. Like as long as remember the the realm we talked about, yeah. So anything that's can deal with human intelligence at a basic level of logic, those will be wiped out easily. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Those are require higher or uh, higher emotional engagements and different questions and um, a higher level of connections that. Yeah, that's not logical in nature. That's a new area of jobs. Um, I, I do have metaverse, new entrepreneurial job there as well as one of the subset, by the way. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah, but definitely we, we still need, we still need um, uh, engineers that manage the robots and the energy consumption, <laughs> yeah, for example. Gotcha, cool. Okay, so there's still a space for Narnia in the future because we're beyond the <laughs> just intelligence part. <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, I thought we were moving to the metaverse part. Yeah. Uh, who, yeah. Who's talking? Is this Tim or Tim Twin? I, I don't know who's. Is that, is yeah. that Paul Vest? Okay. 
Oh man, well, we're running out of time. So uh, maybe I'll just ask uh, one last question because we could go on and on forever. We got a bunch of questions in the chat as well. But, um, you know, since we have three minutes to go, uh, the clock just ticked. Um, Rachel, we've talked, we've covered a lot of areas and definitely, you know, this deserves a part two, three, four in the future. But uh, for now, you know, because we could branch out in so many different discussions. But, you know, we went from doom and gloom to purpose to getting to know ourselves, identity. You know, now that we know all of these things, what should be our mindset uh, moving forward? I think the mindset we need to have is um, pivotal. We just got to learn to not see things in linear that's how we are trained, educated to think. Um, the world we are transiting to doesn't look like this. So the mindset has to be pivotal. Um, I think in addition to that, I think some of us are believers here, right? So we, 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 know, we, know, the, the, we know that the world is unfolding. Uh, we already know when we look at Book of Revelation, one of the reasons why I'm able to map out the, the, the future is because is said already in Book of Revelation and technologies already exist. I'm, I'm seeing that unfolding for the, my past 25 years of my career, one by one. So when I look at the birth of um, Neuralink recently by Elon Musk, uploading of our cognitive to the cloud, the moment we allow that happen, which is good and bad, right? It helps in dementia, OH, whatnot. But the moment we allow and free that control to something else in program, we lost our freedom and choice to choose. Even God respect our will. The moment we do that, we lost our will, we lost our choice, we lost our decision. We lost our power to make decision. So I think we could have been mindful of the consequences of that. And, and also, the moment we do that, we're subject to the, again, we're subject to the, the capability of AI only under human intelligence. We have not tapped onto our 95 or 90% of our human capability that God has created us to be and able to do a lot more. We just have not uncovered it. But the moment we surrender ourselves to um, AI, to capturing our thought and whatnot, we, we, we just subjected that. We lost the, the other side of capabilities that we are capable of. That's why I put out the realm to help, to help us comprehend of that. So, so in short, pivotal mindset to be very pragmatic and also mindfulness of who we are and what we can do as human, what we are meant to be. Fantastic. Rachel, Thank you so much. It's a lot of good embracing of reality, but also hope for the future. And the good thing is that we still have 20 years to get to know ourselves so we can conquer this thing. But uh, I just wanted to thank you. Uh, we, we end at 10 p.m. strictly because we know people need to work as well. But uh, we want to thank you for your time, Rachel. It's been an immense like blessing to have you here and to talk about this topic, you know, and, you know, orchestrated by... Uh, uh, a leader like yourself and we know your time is precious so we, we love to have you here and we invite you uh, anytime you're free you're welcome to come to speak to Narnians as, uh, in the future as well but for now yeah in behalf of the team we just wanted to thank you uh, for everything that you've shared tonight 
Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here uh, tonight to connect with every one of you. I think we can go on to, to, to actually discuss a lot, but that's bad for another time. Do me a favor, though. I'm trying to finalize the cover and some of the content of the book that, to see if it's best manifested or distributed to the right group. That's a link that I sent to, I think, um, Paolo. Yep. Uh, help me to share with this team. I'll appreciate your feedback from there so I can improve more from here as well. Fantastic. I, I, I meant to end on that note. So we'll we'll send the uh, link. Okay, we sent the link here on uh, the chat group. But it's on Zoom. We'll, we'll put it on the main Narnia chat group. So guys, this is how exclusive this is. The book isn't even out yet. So do, 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 do us a favor. So just uh, uh, Rachel wants us to vote for the different uh, possible book covers uh, out there. So this is like uh, hot off the press content. So uh, yeah, so click on that and then we'll put you in a little survey to vote for the book cover. But yeah, thanks for the Sounds exclusive good. look into the book as well, Rachel. No worries. And if you're passionate about Unshaken Movement, Join me, and there are details in the survey. Um, uh, join me to be my launch team together to make this um, a movement. Fantastic. It's not just insights, thank it's going to be a movement. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Good night, everyone. Uh, Rachel, before you go, before you go, do you mind if we take a group photo with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Group of course. Photo. Thank you. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you guys know the drill. So, uh, I'll let you guys turn on your cameras. On your camera. um, burning question i think on the group chat rachel was when is the book actually coming out if there is a date or is that yeah to be confirmed? i'm thinking yeah to be confirmed i'm thinking about women's in international women's day and um, those who buy on the day of launch you you got a big discount so i let you know the exact date but sometime and and february if not uh international women's day i'll, I'll be glad to have okay. all of you in my launch team <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. I think everyone's in, so I will uh, do the magic. So three, two, one, smile. And then on the count of three, we can say, oh, one more person. Okay. So on the count of three, we can say, I don't know, NFTs, Web3, DAO, whatever makes you smile. Three, two, one, NFTs. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for joining. Thanks, Paul, for putting this together thank and Rachel you. for joining us once again tonight. Guys, yes. thank you so much connect. and have a great Co evening. Yes, and connect with me on LinkedIn. Just bye-bye. No thank you guys. Bye, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.